And now it's time for Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague. Back to the Futures. Travis Thomas, Brandon Sprague here, produced by super producer Zach Kroll. And we are pulling up in the DeLorean, except this time we're always riding clean. Except this time we have turkeys all in the back of that DeLorean for Thanksgiving week. Let's go, Sprager. Let's go, baby. Thanksgiving week, we have football games, turkey. I know you're a mashed potatoes guy. We got all the business this week. Yeah, it's unfortunate we got turkeys in the back because I've long believed that this should be a steak holiday. But let me just say, <laughs> I'm still a huge, huge fan. I'm a huge fan of the, the NFL slate that we get every year on this day because these yes. games largely yeah. suck just in general when you say them out loud. And I still get excited for them because we get to check the lines. We get to check the prop bets and make our turkey day that much better. No doubt. Well, we'll be doing that later in the show, but let's start with week 11 in the NFL. Let's look back before we look ahead because Sprague, we talked about the AFC last week and we led the show with it. I want to lead the show again this week with it because this week in the AFC, as the world turns, we saw the heavies lose. I mean, to see Buffalo get beat down by the Colts, Jonathan Taylor, I think just scored again. I mean, (laughs) This guy's Man. running all week, uh, scoring yep. touchdowns on them long after the game is over. And then how about the Texans? Inexplicably, out of nowhere, one of the worst teams in the league beats the Titans, the number one seed. I mean, so here we go again in the AFC, topsy-turvy for another week, Sprager. I think it's another week, uh, Travis, of the theme in the AFC seems to be that um, we're, we're just, we don't have a true favorite. You know, there's not a really true favorite in the AFC, and you could go a multitude of ways here. I mean, hell, even talk about the teams that were able to win today as as teams you would classify as in it, maybe contenders. Cleveland struggled with Detroit all day, almost blew that game. Uh, Baltimore, you know, barely surviving. They didn't have Lamar today, and and Tyler Huntley gets his first uh, career win, but they barely survived the Chicago uh, Bears. You you just you look up and down in the AFC, really. There is no true favorite. I'm done saying that. I don't think it's Kansas City anymore, um, but they're starting to hit a stride, and it's really a coin flip at this point. You probably have New England sitting at home today thinking, damn, this may be our opportunity in our season to to get somebody. Well, listen, I I like New England's formula, uh, as we've talked about before. The defense, uh, Belichick's defenses always will stymie uh, any offense. And as we move forward and we get into December and January – Boy, do you have a better uh, home field advantage in the NFL than Foxborough? So I like mm-hmm. the Patriots formula, but I don't know how you just glossed over the Kansas City Chiefs like that. I mean, to me, this team now, we've seen the offense start to take off in recent weeks. But Sprager, this week, they won it with defense. I mean, I thought for them to come in there and do what they did to Dak Prescott. He was under duress all day. They had him running around uh, for his life. And I I thought to be able to see them to win that kind of game, because we always say the Achilles heel, the weakness of that team, the kryptonite of that team is the defense. Well, Sprague, this week, they won against an elite NFC team in the Cowboys, who we'll talk about later. But, I mean, to see the Chiefs win in that style, get that home field advantage back, uh, I, I don't know how you can't in the AFC where there's no clear cut 
top dog. How come the Chiefs aren't rounding in the form and maybe becoming that like we thought they would before the season? I just think I think the bar that we set for them, Travis, is it's a bit high. So even though in the last couple of games they've made real movement, I think you look at the offenses they've also played. It's not like Vegas is lighting people up right now. They've really struggled. And Dallas, look, that was a very good job. Don't misconstrue this. They did an exceptional job against Dak and applying that pressure. Um, unfortunately, CeeDee Lamb was knocked out in the first half of this game. But I, I, I still look at Dallas in two of their last three games offensively. What have they been? I mean, they're basically blanked by Denver for most of that game three weeks ago. They have a nice bounce back spot against the Falcons, and then they come by right back and they, they struggle on offense. So it actually, it's one of two things to me. It's you kind of play in the right offenses at the right time. And then also now you go into a bye and look mm -hmm. at their schedule after the bye to your point. They're probably going to take on some teams offensively that tend to be challenged. So maybe in a way, this is a great thing for their defense. I just, I'm not quite ready to sit there despite what they've done the last couple of weeks. And it's been better, but to sit here and say they're a Kansas City that we expected preseason, I still think the NFC, the AFC is a crapshoot. And whether that's Tennessee, Indy, Buffalo, Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, LA, I don't know who's really anointing themselves near the top. Kansas City may be consideration, but I, I just think it's too loaded of a conference to put somebody above everybody else right now. Here's a team I want to ask you about that you didn't bring up in that crop of teams for the AFC. The Indianapolis Colts, who beat the hell out of the Bills this week, okay? Right now, you could catch them at 25-1 to 1 to win the conference. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on the Colts? I don't know if I'm willing to go, you know, represent the conference in the Super Bowl for the Colts. However, uh, I do think that with the Titans losing this week and the Colts uh, winning, I think the Colts could have their sights set on that division title. I think they could very well uh, catch the Titans and end up winning the AFC South. Do you have any faith in them to do that? Or uh, do you like the, you know, the value play, quite frankly, a 25 to one for them to come out of the AFC? I, you know, I don't, I don't think I like it enough to want to play it. 25 to one is, is good odds, great odds. I don't think I'd want to dive in, though, on the Colts' futures of an AFC Conference champion ticket. If you told me division, sure, I would listen to that. Um, the Titans had a hot streak. Today, they completely no-showed against the Houston Texans. That was an inexcusable home loss. I'm glad they got booed. Uh, I don't expect Tannehill to throw four interceptions again, but let's see if Tennessee maybe comes crashing down to earth a little bit from their high of playing well without Derrick Henry. Um, I like their odds more in the division than I do the conference. I mean, you're basically asking me, Travis, do I want to gamble on Carson Wentz in three straight huge playoff games? Uh, the answer to that pretty simply for me is no. But I like them to maybe make some noise, maybe get to the second round and do what Cleveland did last year. Win your wild card weekend and then get to the second round and be damn close, maybe a possession away. But it's Carson Wentz. And until he stops throwing <laughs> left-handed passes as he's fading to the ground, I don't know if I'm going to fully trust him to win a conference. Well, if you won't bet on Carson Wentz at 25 to one, would you bet on Joe Burrow at 22 to one? Because the Bengals big win for them this week over the Raiders to me, I think effectively the Raiders season is over. I've been yeah, waiting on that, uh, you know, bottom to fall out of there with all their stuff with Henry Ruggs and John Gruden. And they hung in there for a lot of weeks when I thought they wouldn't, and they would have already folded up like a cheap tent. Uh, but I think now, all that stuff is caught up with them. The Raiders get smoked by the Bengals. I think the Raiders are finished. 
And I think the Bengals needed that win really bad. And Joe Burrow is someone that I think I maybe even trust him a lot more than Carson Wentz. Uh, I know he's younger, but we've seen him on big stages before, albeit college. But I, I like Joe Burrow. I like that Bengals team. How do you feel about them being a playoff team or even that 22 to one uh, conference odds there in terms of value? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still going to bounce away from them on the conference odds stuff. There's there's only a couple teams, a few teams. I think I'd want to take futures on that right now just because of how volatile that market seems to be. I mean, today you had the dogs, um, you know, they went even with the faves, six and six. The under continues to be the dominant play right now the last couple of weeks, eight and four today going into Sunday night football. Um, and it's just, it's kind of a war of attrition right now with a lot of teams who can stay healthy and whose defense maybe is peaking at the right time. Impressive performance by Cincinnati. And even though I, I probably agree with your point on Burrow versus Wentz, even though Burrow has not been in an NFL playoff game, yep. I, I still don't, Cincinnati has that, young team takes big leap year but they're still a young team and they they learn a, a valuable lesson in a playoff game they go against that experienced team who's maybe more in a position to get past a certain point whereas cincinnati we see these young teams all the time they finally come up they look good jamar chase has been amazing but then they they come crashing down to earth in a playoff situation because they've never been in it before and i also don't know how much i trust their head coach and zach taylor i like a lot of their pieces but if you told me he's outcoached in their first playoff game, I'm not all that surprised. By the way, as we look ahead in the AFC Sprague, next week, Titans at Patriots, Browns at Ravens on Sunday night. So a couple games there that can really start Absolutely. to take shape there in the AFC. All right, let's switch over to the NFC. So kind of the same deal here, the heavies. Take L's today. How about yeah. Dallas? We just mentioned uh, losing to Kansas City in a game where – you know, Kansas City's defense is not the 85 Bears here, or the 2000 Ravens, but they sure look like it against Dallas. Their offense gets solved against Kansas City. They lose that game. And how about the Packers losing yep. to the Vikings? So, you know, top teams there in the NFC taking L's this week as well. Uh, what do you make of the NFC and the top teams in that conference? Um, you know, that's... <laughs> The NFL, man, it's been a hell of a drug this year for us. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the AFC and NFC have not shown a lot of separation between the two conferences when you talk about the top. I think I think right now, Arizona, you know, we I don't know if we're getting into futures today, but Cliff Kingsbury took such a ginormous step in maybe yes. winning his way to coach of the year. He is 2-1 and one without Kyler Murray. They're going to go into the bye. Kyler's supposed to come back after that bye. I think if you're a Cardinal fan, you're feeling fantastic. And the Seahawks play was a pretty popular one today. They were a dog most of the oh, week. Yeah. And the Cardinals, the Cardinals, you know, they, they you know, straight up covered that one. The under hit the, the top in it. I don't know if you'd really trust Arizona as the number one team in the NFC. But Dallas, as I mentioned, their offense two of the three uh, weeks has not looked very good. And Green Bay is such a hot and cold play. I mean, even last weekend against Seattle, Russ just straight up no-showed, could not complete a pass to save his life. It's not no. like Green Bay was dominating that team offensively. Rodgers had a real struggle bust. You just had Russell Wilson struggle a little more. And so for the same reasons, there's there's only so much, so many teams, I think, in this conference, Travis, that I'd be willing to bet a futures bet on, on winning it. And I think that's what's going to be the exciting part come postseason time. If these teams can stay relatively healthy, where the hell do you turn in these playoff matchups? Because right now I'm looking at them. And I have no clue who would I pick depending on what that point spread is. Yeah, I, listen, 
I hear you on the Cardinals. I got burned on that. I had Seattle. I think their season's over with that loss now. Uh, yeah, so I, I can I just put them in the Raider category, Travis. The Seahawks and Raiders just look lifeless to me. <laughs> yeah, I, gosh, I can't believe that uh, that we're saying that at this point in the season. But I think you're absolutely right. I also why, do you, think, why, are you, why are you surprised by that? Well, I thought Russell Wilson coming back off the injury, um, the sense of urgency that Seattle has to feel, uh, even before coming in the, into this game, I'm saying, uh, I, I thought that, you know, they knew they needed to get on a streak and win some of these games and get back into this playoff picture. Maybe not so much winning that division, but certainly uh, that last wild card spot. And then to just lose uh, like that at home in front of the 12th man to Colt McCoy. Uh, Russell doesn't look healthy. Uh, you know, that season's over. And I tell you, looking ahead, too, I, I think they're going to lose that Monday nighter uh, against the Washington football team, who is, you know, going the opposite direction and starting to play well. Here's one game that concerned me. You know, for the Packers to lose and Aaron Rodgers throw for four touchdowns and damn near 400 yards, that's concerning. Um, you know, this is, we've talked about how good the defense is for the Packers all year and they can run the ball and beat you in different styles. Well, I got to tell you, Minnesota came in there and just punched them right in the mouth. Dalvin cook ran the ball efficiently. Justin Jefferson was doing the gritty all day. Uh, Kirk cousins did what he does in a November game at 1 PM, right? It's like no prime time, no marbles on the table. Kirk Cousins was efficient. Uh, I was very concerned with the Packers. As we talk about the top of that NFC, you know, I, I don't know if Minnesota maybe has open Pandora's box of some sort, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers got banged up. I think the Packers could kind of take a step back here, uh, Sprague, as we move ahead in the NFC. Yeah, see, uh, that's the thing about Green Bay is didn't like what I saw today. Um, back and forth, but things are always a little weird and back and forth-ish when they play Minnesota in Minnesota. That's just been yep. such a historic division rivalry that I'm not surprised that they lost. And at the end of the day, they're going to go into the playoffs, and Travis, they are going to march number 12 out there, <laughs> and he's going to be playing the quarterback position. I, that's why I'm not ready to fully freak out about them yet. I think they'll be okay. Minnesota's a good team, by the way. We've talked about this in the past. Minnesota blew games to Cincinnati. They blew that game to Arizona. They, yep. They're one, two, three games away from maybe us talking about how we stack Minnesota up in contenders in the NFC and look at them right back here in this playoff race. I'd actually be more concerned about the team that went to Kansas City today. Um, I'm one that really likes Dallas. I think they have kind of the, com the complete package of what you're looking for. Good quarterback play should be great run game and defense. That's yep. two of three yep. weeks now. Their offense has looked real stale and struggled and today was a big prove it factor for a team that hasn't really shown us they can do it in the playoff picture i've at least seen rogers get to the semifinal or win mm -hmm. a super bowl i haven't seen dak and company do that yet by the way next week rams at packers both right now four to one to win the nfc so that's going to be a, a must watch game one that sprague and i will probably guess the line on coming up and gamble heavily on next week for sure when we come back thanksgiving day preview here on back to the futures travis thomas brandon spring we'll be right back
When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some bets from Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague on Back to the Futures from BetQL. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. Right. Back to the Futures. Travis Thomas, Brandon Sprague, Super Producer Zach Kroll set to join us any moment for the game that's sweeping the D-Gen Nation. Guess the line where we guess the lines of our big NFL and college football games. But Sprague, as you know, we are preparing for the feast of Thanksgiving. And so, of course, we're going to do Guess the Lines Thanksgiving edition. We have so many great offerings for NFL and college on Thanksgiving Day. But before we get to gambling heavily, I must ask, what is your number one seed dish for Thanksgiving? I know you're a big mashed potatoes guy, but are mm-hmm. you a turkey guy? Are you a stuffing guy? Are you a cranberry mm-hmm. sauce? Are you going to throw a curveball at me? Because you know, Sprague, for Thanksgiving, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, rams, ham, dogs, hogs, you name it. We got everything, Sprague. So what's your number one seed, your go-to? Okay. Okay. There's going to be a lot of disagreement on this list. <laughs> but my number one power-ranked thing about Thanksgiving, it's not a turkey. Not a turkey. I, don't, I don't want I don't, turkey I don't at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Give me anything but Give turkey. Me. I'm going to go with my number one seed, the gravy. If the gravy the is not gravy? good – the Thanksgiving meal is completely ruined. Gravy should be able to be mixed in on and every single thing that we have. And without a good gravy, all you got is a dry ass plate of food. <laughs> probably disappoints you. I'm sorry. Gravy is the glue of our day. You pour gravy on everything. It tastes delicious with everything. The gravy has to be primo for me. Number one. I mean, listen, bro, I, 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 it's hard to disagree with the importance of gravy. Gravy is the glue guy. Like you got to have gravy. I'm with you. But to say it's a one seed seems a little aggressive. Like look, to me, look. gravy is Robin. You, you, oh, but you have oh, to have oh, a Batman, bro. You can't, you can't have Thanksgiving without a turkey. It's got to be the turkey, yes, man. Can. That's the one seed. No, no, no. no. Turkey's, awful. turkey's awful. When do you buy a turkey during the year? You buy yeah, that's it. If it was so good, we would eat more of it, right? You know what's better? <laughs> Ribs, steak, fried chicken. I mean, you name it. All of those things are better than a turkey. A turkey looks good. It's nice to have on a platter. It's nice to pray around or be grateful around. Yes, but a overall, one seed. Man, give, me, give me a ribeye all day. A ribeye is blowing turkey out of the water. Okay. Listen, and I'll say bro. this, the, the gravy is the Larry Allen of your football team. Does not get enough recognition <laughs> for making Troy Aikman a Hall of Famer and Emmitt Smith the overall number one rusher of all time. Fair enough. But listen, he's not Hall of Famer if he doesn't have Emmitt behind him and Troy Aikman behind him. You just oh, said oh. yourself, we gather around the turkey, we pray, it's the star of the show. That's a one seed, bro. Not, never in life. Has anyone ever, nor will they ever, gather around some damn gravy and pray and give thanks? It's just not going to happen, bro. Turkey's the number one seed. Now, what you're doing is you're changing, so the na- you're changing the narrative. You're saying steak's better, ribeye's better, brisket's better, fried chicken's better. 
Yes. All those things yep. are true, Sprague. They're all true. But I'm saying on Thanksgiving Day, the turkey is the star of the show. You're right. It's the only time we buy it, and that's why it's the one seed. Okay, so, okay, for, so just for clarity on this, you're telling me that whenever you go to a Thanksgiving or you host a Thanksgiving, you're telling me the thing you get most excited for is the turkey? Yes, because you have the most pressure to deliver. You have oh to have God. the turkey right. Oh. You can have bad gravy and still have a decent Thanksgiving. If you ruin turkey, it's over. No, 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 no. 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 If, you, if you have bad turkey, I'm not going to eat it. And if you have great turkey, I barely want to eat it. Like, if you have bad <laughs> gravy, you're going to ruin a lot of things here, man. All right, let's bring in Zach Kroll, not only to play guest the line, but to settle this debate and get his one seed. Zach, what say you? Now, one thing now, you guys mentioned is that when it comes to turkey and the overall Thanksgiving, that yeah. you need that key food. And turkey, like, it's weird because it's the food we always eat on Thanksgiving, but it's only that one time a year thing that Sprague mentioned. I don't get why stuffing, even though it's a one time a year thing, it, like, why is that? Stuffing is the best food in my opinion on thanksgiving we should eat it more like why is stuffing a one time a year thing when it comes to the holiday meal he's got a point sprager hey stuffing is number stuffing is number two on my top five. Oh, so you have a I five i have you want the five yes okay okay number one is number the gravy number two is the stuffing number three i'm sorry mashed potatoes are in this you got to have great mashed potatoes number four is the cranberry sauce Ooh. and number five for me this is an important one because this can ruin the meal and it can be the best part of your day don't don't, don't disrespect <laughs> turkey and leave them out of your top five bro i need great I need deviled great eggs to pregame with i mean honest to god you don't even have turkey in your top five really no, it's not even in my top seven you're unbelievable Zach, <laughs> let's play guess the lines. I mean, honest to God, this guy's ruining my Thanksgiving. We're not even there yet. <laughs> All right. Without All further right, ado, it's time for some guess the line. We will start off with the Thanksgiving games. Game number one, Chicago Bears. They're sitting at minus three. Or, I'm sorry. I just gave oh, that away. Minus oh, three. Minus three. <laughs> <laughs> or, I'm sorry. A little. What the hell are we doing here? <laughs> Hey, yeah, hey, we're dealing with an echo, and I'm pretty sure yeah. it screwed Zach up on that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. got me a little definitely off my game. But I'll, I'll throw it over to you guys. What do you think about this game? And, if, and this is assuming Justin Fields plays, by the way. If if Andy Dalton does play, where, where does the line sit? Listen, hold on, Travis. Travis, hold on. Let's do this. Yeah. Travis, you answer that question. Zach, let's play the over/under for this one. Just we'll do the over/under oh. for this game. I like that. Uh, for me, look, it doesn't matter who's quarterback. I think it's going to be Andy Dalton, to be honest with you guys, because he came in, uh, as you mentioned, Justin Fields go, goes out with the injury. Dalton came in and, and played really well. He threw two touchdowns. The offense moved. Uh, even though Nagy is going to get fired at some point, you know, he wanted Andy Dalton all season anyway, so he might as well go down with that ship. We've seen enough from Justin Fields to know he can play. Just go get healthy, kid. I think Dalton's yeah. going to be the starter, and it's not going to move the line one bit because it doesn't matter anyway. And by the way, if the Bears were playing anyone other than the Lions, uh, the Bears would be underdogs because they should be. I think they could actually lose this game, to be honest with you, Sprague's. Yeah, no, this one yeah. wouldn't shock me. I'm probably going to roll with Detroit, especially if that spread gets up a little higher. 
Um, but I'll say this. I had a buddy say, why do we got the Lions every year on Thanksgiving? Can we be done with that tradition? And I said, there's nothing better for us West Coasters than waking up and seeing the Lions losing on Thanksgiving. It's tradition like unlike any other. Well, you and I are, are like-aged, and, you know, growing up and watching Barry Sanders on Thanksgiving for a decade-plus was awesome, but ever since oh, he's been gone, oh. it's just been a stomach virus for me to watch them yeah. every every Thanksgiving. All right, so what do we think about the over-under? What the over-under? What's the total? Uh, right now, it's sitting at 42 and a half. 42 and a half. Oh, God. What a stupid I'm taking total. The yeah, me too. It's just Detroit's what a terrible a game. Defense. Yeah, All so right, does Chicago. I mean, without Khalil Mack, Chicago's defense right. still played pretty well against the, the Ravens, although yep. Lamar wasn't in the game. So how much, you know, stock do you put in that? But I, I guess we both like the under here, uh, Sprager and Isaac, because this game is stupid. Sounds good. Sounds Moving good. on to the next game. game. 4.30 on Thanksgiving. The Raiders, they're heading to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Raiders at Cowboys. Sprague, I'll throw it over to you to start. What's the line for this one? Uh, I'm going to say Cowboys bounce back spot here. I'm probably leaning playing them. The Raiders are a rudderless ship. <laughs> I'm going to say it is Cowboys minus six and a half. Yeah, I, it might be higher than that. I'll go, uh, let's do our prices right game. I'll go Cowboys minus. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if it's higher than this. Could be seven and a half, but I'll go Cowboys minus seven just to prices right Sprager. Wow. wow. Travis hits it on the money. It is Cowboys minus seven. It was a close one. But Travis takes it. That'll go up. That'll go up, I bet. Uh, the closer you get to game time, Sprague, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that gets to seven and a half, maybe eight. Yeah, and I, w- I would yeah, bet I would Dallas, by the way, at that number. I think they're going to be a bounce-back type team this year. They did it for Denver and yep. to Atlanta. They just played a, a clunker. I think they're going to respond against a beat-up Raider team. And they're at home. I mean, we just talked about how, you know, Thanksgiving's ruined every year watching the Lions. But – I mean, at four o'clock uh, in Jerry's world, it's it's always entertainment. So I, I yep. think them being at home on Thanksgiving uh, against a team that would you call them a rudderless ship? A rudderless <laughs> ship, a rudderless yes. Ship. Yeah. <laughs> you know how they do our little quotes uh, after each show? I think that's your quote this week. The Raiders are a rudderless ship. I think the Cowboys blow them out. I'd, I'd lay damn near anything, to be honest with you, Zach. What's next? All right, moving on right, to the final game on Thanksgiving night, 8:20. The Buffalo Bills—they're heading to New Orleans, taking on the Saints. Travis, I'll throw it over to you to start. Who do you got? I mean, yeah, I look. Yeah, I, I already look. know Sprague's gonna go with Buffalo here and lay whatever it is because he always looks for bounce backs, and and they just got their hearts taken from them uh, yeah. by the Colts. Yeah. I, look, I, I'll be honest. I think uh, Kamara and the Saints have a good running game. I could see them uh, running the ball and maybe keeping this kind of close. This line might be closer than you think. I'll go Bills minus four and a half. It's great. Great. Mm. Mm. Four and a half is a good number. I, number. I'm going to go with my I'm first instinct when I heard this matchup. Um uh, I think the Saints, by the way, funny how Taysom Hill was the quarterback of the future. Sean Payton refuses to even play him at the position. Um, I'm going to go Bills minus five and a half. I'll go a point above and say the Bills are five and a half point favorites. 
Travis is on a heater to start this show. He nails it again. Bills minus four and a half. Over. Yeah. That's going up, though, Sprague, just like we just talked about in the Dallas game. I bet you the closer you get to, to game time, that'll go up. Uh, I wouldn't yeah. be shocked. I mean, maybe maybe what you said, like a five and a half, six even. But uh, look, you know, I, I might wait till closer to game time and go Saints to cover that uh, the higher that number gets. I think that could be a, a close game, although the Bills will win it. They have to hey, they have to get a hey. win. Zach, before you give Zach, us the next line, Travis, next remember, line. this is a this is a show game because you have a futures bet on the over with the Saints. I have a futures bet on the over with the Bills. And right That's now, right. both those tickets are questionable to hit. So I'm looking forward to us going head to head this uh, Thursday. Yeah, it's, it's not yeah, questionable. It's, You're going to hit the bet and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving right. on to the one college game we're going to talk about on Thanksgiving. We will go to the SEC in the Egg Bowl as Ole Miss travels on the road to face their in-state rival, Mississippi State. Oh, okay, Sprague. This okay. is a big game. I So I've been betting, as you know, on Ole Miss all year and hitting bets left and right. But this kid, Will Rogers, at Mississippi State is unbelievable. I think he's a freshman. I mean, he is slinging that ball. Yeah. And they have been hot lately. He, in particular, has been hot. I I think you had to favor Mississippi State here, although, I mean, Ole Miss means business. This is probably a short line. I could I could see, because they've been hot, I could see Mississippi State being favored. Uh, let's say minus, I'll say Bulldogs minus two and a half. Uh, yeah. but, but I'll tell you what, Zach, look ahead, because I want to know the point total in this, because I'm, I guarantee you, Sprague, it's going to be fireworks in this game, because Matt Corral and Will Rogers can sling it. Uh, so I'll go Mississippi State minus two and a half. Uh, actually, uh, was going to take that line. Take that I'll, line. I'll leave that to you. I, two offensive-minded coaches, I would lean the over as well. It's probably going to be in the 60s, 61, 63. Uh, but I think Ole Miss is the slightly better team. And even though it's a road game, I think they get respect. I'll take Ole Miss minus one and a half. Woo. Woo. All right, Sprague All right. wins his first round. It is Ole Miss minus two over Mississippi State. So both of oh. you guys were in the ballpark, but the Rebel favored yeah. at minus two. And Sprague I'm going... was with the total two. It was uh, 60 and a half. Yeah. 60, six, six, zero and a half? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm taking the over, and I'm taking Mississippi State, Sprague. I think they could win this game outright. Yeah, no, I think they yeah. could, too. I'll still lean Ole Miss. I like Lane this year. I think they got a slightly better team, but I love the over in that game, too. Wow, there's some good wow, games, Zach, on, uh, on Thanksgiving. I mean... You have obviously all the NFL games, and then that's a that's a huge one in college. Uh, Sprager, any chance that you watch that college game more closely than that Bills Saints game that night, or are you sticking with the NFL? I'm usually an I'm NFL, first, NFL guy, first guy, but I'll, I will for sure have two screens. I'll have the NFL game up, and then I'll probably have like a tablet or a laptop with the college game up. And you'll have a plate full of gravy. Well, and stuffing well, and mashed stuffing potatoes and, and ribeye steak and deviled eggs and macaroni and cheese and cranberry sauce. And no turkey and no to be turkey. seen for miles. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll pardon all of those turkeys. They can never exist can never you know, on my plate again. All right, Zach, I want to have you back for the next segment because we only did guess the line for the Thanksgiving Day games. But as you know, we'll do more guess the line college style next Plus, we'll talk about all the major storylines in college football 
It's a ton of them, just like the turkey on my plate. Back to the Futures. We'll be back. Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague. Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? You're listening to Back to the Futures from BetQL. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. Yes, let us get back to more Back to the Futures. Travis Thomas here, Brandon Sprague. Super producer Zach Kroll set to join us to play Guess the Line since we just did a Thanksgiving version in the last segment. We want to look at the rest of the games in uh, college football. Now, Sprague, before we get there, I have to give you and I props. We both deserve pat on the backs here. So all season, you and I have picked our spots and bet against Oregon and lost every time. However, (laughs) we stuck with it. We both liked Utah at home. And sure enough, uh, look, I'm not going to lie. I thought they could cover, maybe went outright. I did not see a beat down, but that's exactly what happened. The Utes, not the two Utes, the Utah Utes beat the hell out of Oregon Sprague. I was surprised by how they won the game. Oh, I mean, they they did to Oregon what Oregon wants to do to other teams. They want to run it down your throat. They want to control the clock. Um, They want to make you make mental mistakes. And that's exactly what Utah flipped on them. It wasn't just a bad start for Oregon. It was coaching malpractice. I mean, that's, that's the big thing with Mario Cristobal. You cannot argue with the recruiting prowess that he has. The problem is if his game plan, if their game plan that they have coming in does not work, he's not a great adjuster. He is not one of the elite coaches that you see that, oh, it, it's all going to hell. How do we pivot out of this? And he admitted as much in the postgame. That loss was on him. He thought that they had the right scheme, the right setup, and then they quickly found out they didn't. And Utah put him in a blender. I mean, how are you down 21 nothing? You have five seconds left in the first half, and you're going to punt, and your decision is to punt it to a seventh-year guy who's known for being little, fast, and a good kick returner instead of just kicking the ball out of bounds and making Utah just knee it to go into the half. That is, that's an idiotic decision. And so what I think you saw on Saturday was Mario Cristobal's plan wasn't ready. It wasn't the right plan. And Utah put so much onus on them uh, not knowing what to do that before you look up and you're down 31 to seven, you can't crawl out of that hole. This is kind of what Mario has been a very, very good team, but always has this stub the toe moment or two during the season. And it also, by the way, doesn't help that the PAC 12 still idiotically plays nine conference games instead of playing eight, like the big boys in the sec do. And then they play a bye week basically in week 10, week 11, instead of, you know, playing a, pivotal big conference road game at night you can laugh at the sec all they all you want but they play eight conference games the pac-12 is still killing themselves by playing nine no you're right and these two teams could see each other again uh for the pac-12 title game now let me ask you this so oregon loses you have to assume that they're out of the playoff picture at least for now especially in that way they're done right okay so they're done So you take them out. I am interested to see what four you have now updated. Right now, my top four four would be Georgia one, Ohio State two. I'd go Bama three, 
All right. And this is Cincy. this is where we're this is Cincy. where we're gonna disagree. I got Cincy. Michigan four. Oh come on, bro. Yeah, yeah. Finally, we had a chance for you to show some damn respect to the Bearcats, and nope. you pick nope. Harbaugh. No, yeah, I'm no, picking Harbaugh. Not. Now this gets erased if they can't beat um, if they can't beat Ohio State, and you got other teams in play for this thing too. Oklahoma State could win out, and I think if they win the conference, they should get consideration um, over Cincinnati. Um, we'll see what Oklahoma does. I know Oklahoma just lost a game, but let's see what they do. I still think a one-loss Power Five team should get in over Cincinnati. That's where we're just going to fundamentally disagree, and. If, if some more things can go their way, it's not like they're completely out of this picture. You could have Michigan State lose, or I mean Michigan lose. You could have Alabama lose to Georgia. In that instance, I think Cincinnati's got a great shot at making it. But right now, I still wouldn't put him in. Well, our four is uh, very similar, except obviously with Cincy. I have Georgia, Bama to Ohio State and Cincy. But I'm with you. I mean, a lot of these teams are going to play their way in or out of here, depending on how you look at it. Um, yeah. Now, yeah. now, let me ask you this about the Heisman. So I watched two elite quarterbacks this weekend, and Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud absolutely light it up. Do you feel like it's these two guys, uh, Heisman, to lose at this point? Because, you know, I, I mean, Stroud has really had a real turnaround. I think Bryce Young, for me, I give him a little bit of an edge because he's been a little more consistent. You know, Stroud had that slow start, and then he's figured it out where Bryce has been consistently very good uh, and he, and this past week, he just looked great. Um, you know, or do you like someone else? Do you like these two or do you like someone else? I know you were high on Walker, the running back, but I mean, Michigan state got destroyed. I can't imagine he was much of a factor in that because you're not running the ball, obviously who do you like for Heisman? Because right. I think I'm leaning Bryce young. I mean, here, here's the unfortunate, I mean, here's the unfortunate, unfortunate truth that uh, the time, but needs to be restated. This is a quarterback-driven award, right. and some you know from right. time to time you get a running back. You might get a receiver like you did last year with Devontae Smith, um, but it's going to come down to those two, I think, right now. So we can argue about the odds and which one would you lay money on. I personally think it'd be CJ over Bryce, but okay. why are we not including a guy like Jordan Davis in this thing, mm -hmm. right? Like in a year where there's been so much up and down play at the quarterback position in this regard. Yep. Why not give it to maybe the best defensive player on the best defensive team in the country? Like, yeah. if there's ever a year to go outside of the quarterback, I think this could be it. Because to be honest with you, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud have also benefited from stat padding against absolutely garbage teams. So it's no. hard for yeah. me to take the stats into a play here and, and, and look at a guy who maybe doesn't get as much shine and say, why can't it be a Jordan Davis? Why can't we have a defensive player get stronger consideration for this award I think it more speaks to just what the award has become, and that is it's, it's, it's stats and flash-driven more so than a little more substance to it. No, I think you're absolutely right. All right, let's bring in Zach Kroll to finish our guest the line because, look, Sprager, I mean, there are some monster matchups. You mentioned one of them, and I'm sure that's where Zach's going to go, Ohio State-Michigan uh, this year in Ann Arbor. I mean, that's a huge game. So let's bring Zach in. Let's guess some more lines for college football this week. Zach, what do you got for us, brother? All right, yeah, Travis. Right, you yeah, said it yourself. Ohio State at Michigan. Woo. Winner will go to the Big Ten championship game. Face 
most likely Wisconsin. Sprague, I'll throw it over to you to start. Uh, Ohio State traveling to Ann Arbor at Michigan. What do you think the uh, line is? This smells to me like a very weird number, a number you don't see very often. I'm going to go my best bet. You had Ohio State beat down Michigan State. You had Michigan take care of Maryland. I think there's a little respect, and I'm going to give you that number, and you're going to respect where. I think the number could be higher had Michigan not done what they've done. But I'll say Ohio State favored on the road in Ann Arbor by 11. Oh, we're not far off. I was going to go. Um, you showed a lot more respect than me. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Ohio State minus 14. That's where I was thinking. But but now that Sprague went a little more respect, I'll come down. I'll go Price is Right status. I'll go. Uh, let's go Ohio State uh, minus the 12 and a half. You guys are going to be really surprised because Vegas respects Michigan way more than you guys do. Right now, Ohio State opens at a six-point favorite. What? Wow. Wow. Look, to me, my number wasn't just about the Michigan respect thing. I was trying to think of the way Vegas is viewing Ohio State. They're very similar to what they did against Michigan State. Six, that is so much lower than I thought it would be. Yeah. It's easy money is what it is. I'm laying all six of those. And if it goes up to, you know, seven, seven and a half, eight, I'm laying those two. That's easy work. Ohio State's going to win this game by 10. So if I can get it, that's my magic number, honestly. Anything, you know, nine and a half uh, under, I I mean, it's a steal to me, Sprague. I, I mean, I have to imagine you're laying those points too. It, it's going to be hard it's, not it's to hard because not I, to. all I need them to win by right now is by seven. Right. Um, Ohio State's dominated this rivalry, and I don't know what Michigan has for an answer for that three-headed wide receiver um, situation at Ohio State. C.J. Shroud's in a real rhythm. Cade McNair, or McNamara, should uh, should be noted, playing really well. Um, but I just – this is a different animal. Ohio State's hitting their stride right now. I'm surprised by that number. I would take the Buckeyes minus a six. Yeah, in fact, Zach, before you give us our next line, uh, I'm going to go make that bet as we speak so I can lock it in now. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, one more right. college game. We will go to the Big 12, the Battle of Bedlam, Oklahoma going on the road to Oklahoma oh. State. This is going to be a prime time game at night. Bedlam, Travis, I can see the look on your face. What do you think the line is? Yeah, the look on my face is actually fear that you saw because I'm not going to bet this game. I am going to watch it as a fan, drink some beers, but I'm not going to bet it because I have no idea. My gut tells me Oklahoma's going to win the game because I believe they're a better team. But, I mean, my goodness, a freshman quarterback for them on the road uh, in this rivalry. Okie State's all they've done is won this year. Man, that that's – I mean – my common sense says Oklahoma State minus three, but there could be some respect there, obviously, for OU. So my final answer, let's go Okie State at home minus two and a half. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm at Price is right, you hear. I also do like Oklahoma in this game. Um, Lincoln Riley has shown that he, he kind of owns the mullet, um, but I'm going to take Oklahoma State home favorite, playing good football, Cowboys minus three. I will Price is right, you. Wow. So Oklahoma actually opens as a one-point favorite. Vegas really viewing this game as 50-50. Okay. Wow. That will hmm. change. That'll change by game time, too. I could see that. I could see that. Where do you going, think it swings? 
Uh, honestly, I could see it swinging Okie State minus one or just or maybe it just stays a pick em. Uh, But uh, listen, Sprager, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to bet it. I'm too scared. But yeah. there's some value there, I guess, for Okie State in a sense, right? Yep. No, there absolutely is. Again, I said it. I, Lincoln Riley dominates this matchup, but there's a lot of people around the country think this Oklahoma State team is just fundamentally different. They're a better defense. You can trust their offense, and this might be the year to catch Oklahoma, who's a little bit down than where they normally are. All right. Well, Zach, thank you for Guess the Lines. Uh, Sprague and I will take it from here, sir. Sprague, I feel like the last 20 seconds of the show, you and I should just argue some more about Thanksgiving. But in all seriousness, have a good one. All the listeners out there as well, have a great, safe, prosperous, loving Thanksgiving. Give thanks to your family and give thanks to Back to the Futures. We are back next week. Full off turkey, at least I will be. Travis Thomas, Brandon Sprague, Zach Kroll, Back to the Futures, back next week. I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are going to love it. Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague on Back to the Futures from BetQL.